FLCC is education without barriers. Here, you don't need test scores or a huge bank account, just a desire to make your best life happen. Getting a quality education isn't impossible. It's SLCC. Enroll at slcc.edu. This is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently, to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Donna Rue Roberts, an operations manager who's always had a budget, even when there were no spreadsheets. I'm Mia Northrop, a researcher and writer, and budgeting to me sounds like grown-up homework. (laughs) This episode will help you decide what sort of budget you need and how to get it done as efficiently as possible. Hello, and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. Almost 70% of our survey respondents thought developing a budget was... A life admin activity and while 40% of you have got this under control another 60% either don't get it feel out of control or worry that you are probably wasting money yeah well I do think having a budget is a really important thing and I guess you know having a finance background probably comes quite naturally to me but I do think there's a, a few reasons why Often it's because you've got some sort of specific goal. And I know that you've talked about it in previous episodes, Mia, that when you go and apply for a home loan, you actually have to, and increasingly with all of the tighter regulations, they're mm. really saying that you have to prepare quite a detailed budget. Yeah. But it might also be because you want to save up for something in particular, like a house deposit or mm. to go on a big holiday, or even just as, you know, as we're starting to get a bit older, starting to plan for our retirement and to really think about how much we should be putting away each month um, mm. to make that a happy time I also think for some people it's to make sure they don't spend money that they don't have Mm -hmm. I certainly know I've got friends who probably often are living beyond their means and so developing a budget for them is really important can also help you be prepared for emergencies I'm sure we've all had that situation where you have to unexpectedly fork out money for a a car repair Mm -hmm. or for you know a pet emergency or or a you know broken roof or something like that so making sure that that won't uh, cause you a lot of stress by having some money set aside and I think that also it can really shed light on bad spending habits so Mm -hmm. if you don't actively look at what you're spending your money on you can really kind of be unaware of how much money you're actually wasting yeah and I do think The other one, which is really relevant to life admin as a whole, is it can help you make decisions about the level of effort you might be willing to put into other life admin areas to save. You know, Mm. is it worth you spending, you know, a few hours looking for a better mobile phone plan? Well, understanding how much spare cash you've got can help make those decisions a bit easier. Yeah. So essentially a budget is a plan that outlines your estimated income and expenses over a period of time. And it details what you expect to spend on certain things. A lot of the tools that are out there now to help you prepare budgets will suck in the data from your online banking and actually detail what you have been spending on things, which can be quite eye-opening. Yeah, definitely. So I think what we're going to try and talk about today is how you might develop a budget and then the options, once you've set the budget, how do you actually monitor whether you're actually spending as you planned in the budget Mm. i have to say as you mentioned before we don't have a day-to-day budget we've prepared them when our financial planner has asked us to because we're trying to identify how we can reach some kind of goal or we're applying for a bank product but we don't live day-to-day adhering to or aware of (laughs) 
a budget. So this was a really interesting exercise for me. Yeah. So I think that the first step, which has always been the first step, I quite regularly redo our budget as a family, mm. is to really look back over a period of time. And I think you really should look back over a 12-month period because there are some expenditures that only happen once a year, like mm-hmm. maybe your house rates or other things. And so I think you need to look at the whole 12 months to get uh, the complete picture of what you spend mm. and really think about what you've spent over the last 12 months and, and what you've earned or will you be earning going into the future because understanding that makes it really you know much easier to start to think about mm. looking forward mm-hmm. and I've used the money tracker tool on the NAB website so that bank website has an area where it shows you all of your expenses and it categorizes them automatically not very usefully I was actually shocked at how many transactions there were from sort of major retailers like you know Coles or Kmart where I had allocated that transaction to a totally relevant category like I don't know household expenses or something when it was clearly groceries or it was clearly homewares or something else so I kind of quickly abandoned money tracker but it was sobering to see some of those figures <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I was just like, whoa, is this right? And you dive into a category and weed out some of the incorrect ones. But for the, for the most part, it's like, okay, that level of transparency is really important. In the past, I've always done it, like back in the day, I used to do it manually by looking through all of my bills. And then more recently by downloading bank statements and manually categorizing them but as you say now mm. Mia don't need to do it. it's not that hard anymore so there's really no excuse to not do it mm-hmm. and there's a whole bunch of apps out there that will do that for you by linking your bank account to the app and information will be fed through and most of it will be automatically categorized mm-hmm. and so you can quickly you know with minimal effort really understand what you're spending your money on yeah so after I discovered money tracker was not helpful I downloaded at your suggestion Pocketbook and Money Brilliant, both of which I could just log into my online banking and they sucked in all the data and they were incredibly accurate and much more useful. So once you've got that data and you're looking and you're thinking, I'm spending way too much on X and you're getting a feel for what you're spending on Y and Z, what do you do then? So I think then you really need to set a budget. For me, I've always done it on a monthly basis because I know that some of those things are one-off. So, you know, most things are the same every month, but other things are, you know, might be quarterly or annually. And so for me, I've always found the spreadsheet to be the most useful tool to be able to do that um, mm. and to map it out based on those very broad categories. I think the trick is to not get too granular yeah. because if you get too granular, then it just takes forever and it's really not that useful anyway Mm. and when you say most things are the same you know month to month or quarter to quarter are you just talking about bills yes or are you talking about your discretionary spending too yeah pretty much discretionary spending as well like uh, sort of in our budgets we've always had you know sort of a a line item for you know clothing and a line item for Mm. eating out and a kind of a line item for just house maintenance or you know that kind of stuff without getting any more specific about whose clothes in the family they are or or anything like that as well as bills being you know just bundled together I've never bothered about budgeting specifically for gas electricity and water just Mm. you know every month roughly this is how much bills are going to be coming out okay so you have a look at what you have been spending 
And is that automatically just like, all right, well, that's how much I'm putting aside now for each month? Or do you start to make adjustments because you look at them and you think, I am spending way too much money on clothes. I need to dial that back. Well, I think then that really comes back to why you're doing this budget in the first place. Because if you're doing it to set a specific goal around, I actually really want to pay $10,000 off my home loan this year, or I really want to save $15,000 to go on a really expensive holiday, then you've actually then got to figure out, well, where are the trade-offs? If there isn't $15,000 left over, after you look at where your expenditure is, which buckets are discretionary, and are you willing to try and cut back on to be able to achieve that goal? Okay. So how do you decide, okay, I want to spend less on clothing? How do you come up with a more realistic figure? I think this is where you've really got to be realistic. You've got to know yourself and think about your lifestyle. If if it's too restrictive and it's like a really complicated diet, then you're more likely to fail. Mm. So you might want to use rules of thumb, for example, like the barefoot investor. And he's got some percentages that you might want to aim for. I think, Mia, you've read that book. Yeah. So the barefoot investor is a book written by Scott Pape that's been ridiculously popular, over 1.6 million copies sold. he suggests that you divvy up your expenses or your spending into buckets so you might put aside 60% of your income to spend on daily expenses 20% as an emergency fund 10% to splurge so that sort of stuff that you might money that you would put into a short-term fee-free transaction account so you can spend it on discretionary things optional things And then 10% smile, he calls it. And you might put that money into a long-term savings, high-interest online savings account. And that would be saving for that longer-term goal, like a holiday or paying off a chunk of car or house or, you know, something fabulous. And I like the idea of approaching it in those buckets because I think if I had to look at the line items and think category by category, like this much for bills, this much for clothing, this much for dining out I just I'd get bored of it I don't enjoy it so I'd find it tedious and I probably wouldn't be able to stick to it very well (laughs) but I do like the idea of just sort of having it run a bit more automatically where I can siphon off 10% for this 10% for that 20% for that so I know that I'm covering off you know the fun things the long-term things that I'm saving for and I can know that I can just spend the rest on my daily living Yeah, but I do think that he talks about before you kind of set up this system that you really need to understand whether you are your daily expenses or, you know, that 60%, whether it's enough. Um, And so that's where going back and looking at what you're currently spending, it's Mm. a real reality check is can I actually live off 60% of my income to pay the mortgage, to buy the groceries, to pay the bills, to run my car, all the things that are necessary to Mm. keep life ticking along. And, and he sort of suggests that if you can't, then you really need to make some sort of big change, like mm. consider whether you you can actually afford the house you're living in, you know, whether you can afford all of these bills you've got set up and, and maybe make some changes. So that's probably a pretty scary decision to make. Yeah. And what, what kinds of changes have you had to make in the past where you've thought, oh, I'm spending way too much here. I need to change my habits or rethink what I'm spending in this area. So the one area that I've noticed that whenever we've done this exercise has been lunches and coffees Mm. so when you actually add them all up and you know go through stages where we make our lunch and take it to work but really the you know it's very easy for all of a sudden lunches to cost 
12, 13, 14, 15, and then all of a sudden to be buying two coffees a day and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, you're spending $25 a day just to have coffee and lunch. Mm-hmm. And when you add that up over the year, that's just really becomes a lot of money. So I think that that's, this exercise has always been helpful to kind mm-hmm. of reset that thought about, yeah, maybe actually we should take our lunch three days a week and, mm-hmm. and buy it one day a week or, you know, that sort of thing. And there can be expenses that just sort of creep up on you. I know when we started watching Netflix and then we kind of felt like we'd exhausted Netflix (laughs) and we're like, well, let's get Stan. And then we got a Stan subscription and we watched the series on Stan that we loved. But then Game of Thrones came back. So it's like, all right, we have to subscribe to Foxtel. (laughs) So we subscribed to that. But we didn't turn off Stan and we didn't turn off Netflix. And we're not, you know, there's only so much TV you can watch. And suddenly we're spending, I don't know, $40, $50 a month on TV. So there can be some of those things that kind of accumulate. And it's not until you stop and look at everything that you realize, oh, okay, we've kind of got lost control here a little bit. And I do think that a lot of people do that with just internet shopping generally. Mm. So when you look back and you add it all up, all of a sudden that, you know, $50 for this and $70 for that and $100 for that. And then when you add them up across a year, you suddenly get a bit of a, you know, reality check around Mm -hmm. how much you're spending on various things. And I think that's why, you know, the process of reflecting back on what you've spent your money over the last 12 months can really help reset. You know, you can start again, start afresh. Mm. So you did a bit of a deep dive into looking at some of the apps what did you discover yeah so i uh, tried both of those you we talked about so pocketbook and money brilliant and i did find them really good in terms of doing some of that hard work that i previously used to do manually in terms mm. of understanding where my money was being spent and the fact that it syncs with the bank account just makes it so much better and both of those apps also will sync with a, you know an unlimited number of bank accounts mm. so i was able to pull in my super Yes. So I could pull in my super and money from multiple bank accounts so it could give me a sort of overall financial picture and my net worth. And then I had to Google my net worth to see if I was like going <laughs> to have some kind of retirement that wasn't on the poverty line. That's <laughs> um, a rabbit hole. But I do think that it's probably quite hard to maintain them in terms of you know, really using it to stick to your goals unless, you know, because they're quite granular, the categories, Mm. and it doesn't give you that bit of flexibility because for me, a lot of the discretionary expenses, I might think, wow, we've had a couple of dinners out this month, so I'm really, I'm not going to splash out and buy a pair of shoes because I really feel like, so for me, that discretionary spending is kind of all in one big bucket Mm. rather than in, you know, little buckets. I don't want to have a specific budget for restaurants and a specific budget for shoes and a specific budget for whatever and I think you need to know yourself to know that having a bucket and the, the boundary of that bucket if it's that going to actually restrict you and curb your behavior or you might really need a specific shoe allowance or a specific dining out allowance and what I liked about those apps is that it has you know how much you can safely spend and as you start dipping into various categories that little chart goes down and it will tell you no you've spent your shoe allowance this week or month no more shoes for you yeah and so it's really 
blatant and I think some people would find that incredibly helpful to understand oh I'm you know I'm chipping away in this category this is my last coffee for the day or week or whatever yeah I think it is it can be really good if you know if you are that person I do think though it can also be a trap you know we've noticed in in business that when it comes to closer to the end of financial year people often go on a bit of a spending spree because mm. they've got money left in their budget mm. and so there's kind of this psychological trap you can fall into which is say if you set yourself a $200 a month shoe allowance yeah. you might feel like you, you need to spend $200 a month on shoes when actually you don't need any shoes yeah. so I do think that the idea of grouping up the categories into bigger categories probably more helpful than the you know the quite granular categories one of the apps also make recommendations about what banking products I should have once it sucked in the data and it asked me well, what kind of account is this is it a transaction and because it knew what bank it was it could say is it this product or this product so it knew what my fees were it knew what my interest rate was and it actually made suggestions about well you've got two transaction products you should actually have one and you should have your bills coming out of this which was useful I at least get to get that trigger to perhaps go and do some comparison shopping or just contacting your bank and having a chat with them but so that was sort of an easy uh, a useful freebie that I wasn't expecting yeah so for me I don't really think that personally using the apps to manage my budget would be the most effective Mm. Uh, the thing that I find the most effective is actually diverting my salary based on the targets I've set for myself so once I've set up my 12-month budget and I say actually this year we're going to try and save you know x thousand every um, you know across the year of our home loan mm. i'm just going to change the way my salary gets paid so that a bit more of my salary goes directly into that home loan account and that's kind of a forced saving yeah. in that it's already gone to that account and uh, it's based on reality it's i've looked at my lifestyle i know that that's how much i should be able to save and i've left myself a bit of a buffer in my transaction account mm-hmm. so that if you know something unexpected comes but it's really already happened so my budgeting is forced in effectively by the transfer of money yeah that's automated that's wise yep i guess that kind of that is the overall the barefoot investor kind of approach isn't it it's just like put the money directly into if it's your daily bucket or your emergency or your splurge or your smile and then yeah you don't have to make frequent decisions because the the decision making has already happened. Yeah, so he actually recommends setting up a bunch of transaction accounts. Quite a few banks now, even if you have an offset account for your mortgage, will allow you to have multiple offset accounts. Mm. So you can set up that offset account, and his view is have one account where all of your bills gets paid from, and another, you know, an ATM card that's basically your splurge money, mm. and putting that in your wallet with a, you know with a smile, you know, mark it on so you know that that's the card that you're allowed to use for any of your splurging. And once the money's no longer in there, that's it, no more splurging. And yeah. I think it, you know, it's got a lot of merit, that idea. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to go doing for, I, you know, it's, it's been fun to use these apps. And I think I'll stick with Money Brilliant and let it just sit there in the background. So when I want to dip in and check on things, I can. But I'm not going to be, I mean, you can set it up to notify you of, all sorts of notifications if you want I don't think I'll be using that way but I'll definitely be having another look at what percentage our daily expenses is from our income and thinking about whether we need to make some adjustments in the proportions that we're sending into different bank accounts 
And when do you think you might do it, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, good question, Dana. I don't know. <laughs> we actually will. That kind of is a segue into my life admin low. I'll just go there. Let's do life admin lows. Okay. We have to go to the bank because our branch that has some of our bank accounts is closing and it's sort of triggered this conversation around the fact that we seem to have a proliferation of bank accounts. But when we log in online, we both don't have access to everything. Like we can't see the full picture. We have this weird transaction that we must have got set up in a branch that we can't control through our online banking. We just, we can't find it to edit it or delete it. So we actually have to go into the bank, which feels like (laughs) the biggest inconvenience, more than an inconvenience, like just intrusion. I know, it's pretty funny. Which is a funny state of affairs given that, you know, 10 years ago, the only way you could do your banking was to go into the bank. And I, I know, I can't really recall the last time we had to go to the branch and make an appointment. And I shouldn't be so negative that I'm dreading it, but I can't imagine it's going to be a delightful experience. (laughs) I'm thinking it might be more on the tedious side, but, you know, we're going to do it and hopefully we'll get things clarified and, and having it simplified, I should say, simplified. Have you got a life admin high, Dinah? I have. I got so inspired when I was listening back to our Christmas episode that I created a spreadsheet, May. You'll be proud of me, of all of the names and all the gift ideas, and then sat down and did a bulk internet shopping. And I think I'm about 80% done. Wow. For the people who haven't bought for, I know what I'm going to get. I am well on my way. You've almost finished. It's amazing. (laughs) So proud. Oh, listeners, Dinah is sitting here with the biggest grin on her face right now. <laughs> it does feel great to I'm just have that weight off your mind. And it's, mm. it just felt, and it was effortless because I just, I was in the right mood. I just yeah. wrote the spreadsheet, did the shopping, done. Fun. Yep. I'm glad. Now you can just focus on whatever else is <laughs> on the way. Oh, brilliant. Well, done. I think I'm taking inspiration for your organized crazy position and i think after i've visited the bank and sorted out my online banking i will make some time to budget because then i know how much i can splurge is it a splurge or an expense it'll be an expense how much i can spend on christmas shopping and i'll get started as well well great mayor so i think our top hacks for budgeting are to use some apps uh, to help understand your current spending to know yourself Be realistic about your lifestyle and what changes, if any, you're willing to make and what system of budgeting you'll actually stick to. And set up a system that will be easy for you to use. So consider the different bank account system or something that you'll be able to easily stick to. If you'd like to join us on our Life Admin journey, please head to our Facebook page, Life Admin Life Hacks, to follow us and share your thoughts on what we're doing. And feel free to post any comments or certainly post suggestions that we might be able to use. We hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. If you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app.